Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome to Mariners. I'm glad that you are with us today. I want to introduce you to a few of our pastors that I was honored to work with when we were in Miami together, and I'm so grateful that they are with me now. This is Jorge Molina. He is the lead pastor at Mariners Tustin, our congregation in Tustin, and then Brandon Hittlebottle. He is the lead pastor at Mariners Huntington Beach. Now, Jorge grew up in El Salvador during a tough time, and he's not, he's not afraid of really much of anything. Brandon is afraid of a lot of things, including when we lived together in Miami, uh, Brandon is afraid of, afraid of sharks. So we lived in Miami together. We would go lobstering. The water is warm and it's, there's, you could swim uh, in shallow water and see lobsters hiding and go down beneath the water and get the lobster. It's just awesome. And people have made fun of Brandon pretty ruthlessly for the times that he would be afraid to go lobstering because of his fear of sharks. One time, a bunch of guys were, were in the water and Brandon saw a, a, just a, a small nurse shark and he got so afraid <laughs> of this nurse shark that he got, he got back in the boat and was in the boat for six hours while other guys hunted lobsters and brought a bunch of lobsters home to their families. Brandon bringing home to Scarlet and his fam, because he was in the boat hiding from a nurse shark. Now, a nurse shark is a docile, I mean, not really known as being a, a harmful shark. It's named after a nurse. I mean, think about it. nurses are nurturing. They don't, they feed you. They don't feed on you, okay, nurses. A nurse shark, just like nurses, they, they ask for permission when they draw blood. But Brandon, regardless, was afraid and was stuck in the boat because of his fear. Now, to defend Brandon for a moment, he says his fear is completely justified, that it was a wise and healthy fear because, and this is a true story, months after being ruthlessly made fun of by Jorge, Jorge was actually attacked by a shark in Miami while lobstering. This is a picture of Jorge after a shark went after his leg. It wasn't a nurse shark, it was a reef shark. And this is the boat taking him to a hospital in the Bahamas because the guys were actually lobstering closer to there than closer to the shore off the U.S. Jorge's fine, everything was fine, but Brandon, anytime Jorge today makes fun of him for his fear of sharks, Brandon rightly says, my fear was justified. You got bitten by an actual shark. Now, Brandon is not the only one of us who is afraid of sharks. You recognize that music? Brand's not the only one. This movie was released the year that I was born, Jaws, and it impacted millions and millions of people's experience at the beach. In fact, on Instagram, on my personal Instagram, I asked a poll recently, if you grew up in the 80s, when you went to the beach, did you think of the movie Jaws? Did the soundtrack play in your head? And over 90% of you said you did. Steven Spielberg dramatically impacted our experience, if you grew up in the 80s, at the beach for millions and millions of people. 
That is the impact of fear. Fear is not a small issue in our lives. It really can impact our behavior. I mean, think about this. This movie has been out for decades and the fear of that music or the fear of the opening scene in Jaws has impacted behavior for decades of millions of people. Fear. Fear is powerful and it really can impact our life. Now, psychologists and counselors, they make a distinction between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Healthy fear, I, I, here's some examples. When I was a kid, I grew up in Louisiana and we, we lived close to the bayou. So right on the other side of a main street was the bayou near our house. And so there would be alligators in, uh, in uh, people's yards in my neighborhood. So one day I walk out my back door and there's an alligator in my backyard. And I was terrified of this alligator. I ran inside and told my parents that was healthy. That was a healthy fear. It caused me to make a wise decision and go the other direction. Healthy fear. A healthy fear of failing a test causes a student to prepare. A healthy fear of not being ready for the job interview causes someone to really get prepared. So there is such a thing as healthy fear. And then there's unhealthy fear. An unhealthy fear can cripple us. Unhealthy fear causes a player in a sport to play passively. A parent to hover unnecessarily. Causes an entrepreneur to hedge his bets and not go boldly. Causes a leader to not set big goals for fear of failure. Fear can cripple us in our decisions. It can paralyze us. So unhealthy fear actually causes great damage to our lives. We, we don't live the lives that we can. We don't live with confidence because of unhealthy fear. In fact, doctors even say that unhealthy fear raises the risk of heart attacks and the level of potential anxiety and depression in our lives. Unhealthy fear is damaging. So there's a difference between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. And, you eat, and both of them are powerful. Healthy fear is powerful and unhealthy fear is powerful. The scripture agrees and makes a distinction between unhealthy fear and healthy fear. L look at these two Proverbs with me. You're gonna see one describes unhealthy fear, the fear of anything but God, the fear of other people, unhealthy in your life, but then a healthy fear, a right view, a, a right understanding of who God is that raises your awe and respect for God. Look at these two Proverbs. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts the Lord is protected. So an unhealthy fear is when you're afraid of things other than God. When you allow fear of people to paralyze you, this is a snare, but the solution is the one who trusts in the Lord, that one is protected. So unhealthy fear, fearing mankind. And here's healthy fear, fearing the one who deserves our awe and our adoration and our respect. Proverbs 14, verse 27, fearing the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. Now notice in both verses, the wisdom writer, the writer of Proverbs speaks of fear and snares, fear and snares. If you fear things other than God, that fear is a snare that will destroy your life. 
But if you fear God, God will rescue you from those other snares, fear and snares. When we would go lobster hunting or lobstering in South Florida, we would use fear to snare or trap the lobster. And this is, this is how it worked. And I, I want you to understand the book of Proverbs via the view of a lobster. So imagine you're in warm waters in South Florida. You're hovering over lobster 10 or 12 feet deep. You then dive down beneath with these two uh, items. And so you put the net behind the lobster and the lobster is going to get snared and trapped simply by his fear. And so with the stick, you beat on the ground in front of the lobster and the lobster who's terrified backs into the trap. And then that night is a delicious meal sauteed with butter. Mm, so good. And the book of Proverbs is saying that this is how your life can be destroyed with fear. That the fear of mankind is like a snare and the fear of mankind will cause you to back into the trap and your life, your life then will be derailed by this unhealthy fear. But the solution to this snare is to fear the Lord and he rescues you from the snares of death. So the scripture has this incredible, just throwing the lobster net. The scripture has this incredible comparison between healthy fear of God, which is really good to have in your life, and unhealthy fear of everything else. So what are the unhealthy fears that you wrestle with? What are the, the big problems of fear in your life? We're in a teaching series, big problems, bigger God. Fear is a big problem. In fact, as a pastor, I've seen fear cripple many people. When I was a business leader, fear was a common experience, a common emotion, a common motivation for people that I talked to in the business world. In my own life, I have seen the crippling impacts of fear. And there's a lot of different fears that we wrestle with, but I, I reflected on the fears I've seen when I was a business leader, the fears I've seen pastoring people and the fears even in my own life. And I wanna share with you real quickly, four common fears. Now I shared this recently at our men's gathering man camp. And I heard such feedback from the guys that how helpful it was that I thought I would broaden and share with all of us today. Four fears that can really cripple us, snares that can ruin us. And you're gonna see as I share these, you're gonna be able to tell because you're smart, the ones that I have wrestled with, but more than you diagnose me, I want you to diagnose yourself and see which of these fears actually can ensnare you. So four of them, fear of failure, fear of being weak or not being enough, fear of rejection, fear of not providing. Fear of failure, fear of failure cripples many people. It stops the high school student from going out for the team or for the band because he is afraid of failing. It stops the business leader from setting big goals with his team because he wants to hedge his bets and, and not risk being seen as a failure. In times that I have feared failure in my life, it has revealed that I have wrapped up my worth and my identity in a successful launch of a product instead of my worth and my identity in the Lord, who I should ultimately fear. Fear of failure in my life has revealed that I am afraid of being perceived as less than, and I've forgotten where my ultimate worth 
comes from. I mean, I remember launching products when I was a business leader and just being so afraid that they would not go as planned because I wrapped my identity in the success of that product launch. Fear of failure, really common. Fear of being weak or fear of not being enough. Parents have confessed many to me. I fear not being enough for my kid, not being enough for my teenager. Employees, I I fear I'm not enough for the job. Entrepreneurs, I fear I'm not enough for this season. Leaders, I fear I'm not enough for the assignment that is in front of me. Fear of not being enough, fear of being weak has crippled us men many times from not sharing our emotions or not asking for help when we need help because we're afraid to be perceived as being weak. Fear of being weak. Fear of rejection. For some, not asking the person you want to ask out on a date because you're scared there's going to be a no. Maybe fear of being rejected by your own spouse if you pursue because the relationship feels different. Fear of being betrayed by friends and you've had that happen before and it was so painful. You still have memories of that, that every time you start to get close to other people, you see yourself pulling away because you don't wanna go through the pain of betrayal again, fear of being rejected. Many psychologists and and counselors have even coined the phrase father wound to describe the pain that many have in their lives of the wound that was put on them growing up by the lack of a great relationship with their dad, feeling rejected, that then impacts, that wound impacts their entire life. Fear of rejection is a big fear. And then fear of not providing. Again, these are just four common fears I have seen and experienced some in my life. Fear of not providing, providing for people in your life who you care deeply about. I remember three months into being married to Kay, we were married married young in college. And as I was graduating college, I was looking to go to preacher school. It's called seminary where preachers like me go to school and learn how to learn the Bible, learn how to teach the Bible. And we went to check out this this campus where I was considering going to seminary. And we were put up in this uh, married campus housing for the night. Kay falls asleep so easily. And there we are in another state. And just several months before I had pledged till death do us part to Kay. I'm gonna provide for her. I'm gonna be the husband that she needs. And we're laying in bed and I'm thinking, how on earth am I gonna provide? I remember being so restless thinking if we move here, what have I, how am I gonna, how am I gonna take care of her? How am I gonna live up to my commitment to be the best husband that I can be for her? Just a fear of not being able to provide for her. Do you have any of these fears in your life? The fear of mankind is a snare. It can destroy you. Are these common fears that you have in your life? See, Brandon fearing a shark caused him to stay in the boat and miss out on the joy of lobstering and bringing lobster home to his family. These other fears though, they, they are even more dangerous to us. We miss out on so much life that God has for us when we fear these things. So what is the solution? How do we overcome the big problem of unhealthy fear in our lives? There's a passage I want us to see in the scripture in the book of Exodus. 
where you see God's people surely wrestling with all four of their fears, or all, all four of those fears. They've just been rescued from Egyptian slavery and captivity. They, they are fleeing Egypt. The Egyptians now have changed their mind and want them back. So they are pursuing God's people, Israel. Israel comes to the Red Sea. So right in front of them is the Red Sea. Behind them are the mighty Egyptians who have oppressed them and they are chasing them. And surely in this moment, they are having all of those fears converge in one moment. Fear of failure. They are thinking this this opportunity, we've longed to be free. This moment of being liberated, this dream is about to fail because we're gonna be enslaved once again. So they fear failure. They, They are likely in that moment fearing not being enough, fearing that we don't have what it takes to fight these Egyptians. They are stronger than us. They have more weapons than us. In that moment, likely they are fearing that they're rejected by God. God brought us all the way here to the desert just to die. So fear of not being enough, fear of failure, fear of rejection. I imagine the parents there with their little kids at the at the Red Sea with the Egyptians behind them are fearing, what have we done? Our kids are out here gonna die in the desert. What kind of moms have we been? What kind of dads have we been? Can you imagine all of the fear that converges on them in that moment? Unhealthy fear that is crippling them and and stealing their joy and their trust in the one who has indeed rescued them. The God of Israel has rescued. And so Moses, the leader of Israel, stands up and he tells the people to not be afraid. But he he does more than that because let's be honest, it's really not helpful when someone just says, hey, don't be afraid. Oh, you you struggle with fear of rejection? I don't be afraid. Oh, you're wrestling with fear of not providing for your family? I don't be afraid. That's usually not sufficient. And Moses knows that and God knows that. So Moses gives instruction to not fear but then he gives beautiful wisdom on how to overcome the fear, how to replace the unhealthy fear with a healthy fear. And so notice what Moses says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 through 14. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. Hey, listen, instead of fearing these Egyptians that you're no longer gonna see today because God's gonna take care of this for you, you just be quiet and replace your unhealthy fear with a healthy fear and a healthy adoration for God. Replace your unhealthy fear of mankind with a healthy fear for God. In fact, Moses says, all you're gonna do in this moment is be a bystander because the God who has rescued you is going to take care of the Egyptians who are pursuing you. You don't do a thing. You just you just stand there and be in awe of what God does. So the fear you have for them That is unhealthy, but replace that with a healthy fear of the God who's able to rescue you. Salvation is from the Lord. And so here's what Israel does. Here's what God's people do. Moses lifts up his hands, the, the Red Sea parts, the waters part, and God's people walk through 
the sea on dry land. When they get to the other side, Moses lowers his hand. The sea then crashes upon the Egyptians and God indeed comes through for his people. God rescues his people. All they have to do, Moses says, is replace your unhealthy fear of mankind with a healthy fear of the salvation of God, a sense of awe and appreciation for the one who's going to rescue you. So you have unhealthy fear, replace that unhealthy fear with a sense of awe for your rescuer, your creator, the God of the universe. Jesus teaches the same thing in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 through 31. Jesus is speaking to a group of followers and he says this, don't fear those who kill the body. Remember the fear of mankind, it's a snare. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather replace that fear, rather fear him, fear God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for just a penny Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent, but even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Jesus says, hey, don't fear mankind. They can can only do so much to you. Yeah, they can harm your body, but instead fear the one who is over body and soul. Because the one who is over your body and soul, the everlasting God, not only is he powerful, but he's also really good and really gracious to you. Yes, he rules and reigns over everything. Yes, he has the power to destroy both body and soul in hell. I mean, he is the powerful, all-encompassing King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, we should fear him because he is that amazing, but he's also really good and gracious. He takes care of the sparrows, the sparrows that are worth just a penny, a pair of them sold for a penny. He ensures that they have food to eat. And if he takes care of them, don't you know that he takes care of you because you are worth more than they are to him. And so you fear the one who, yes, is powerful, but he's also really good and gracious to you. He's a good and gracious God and powerful at the same time. So don't give your fear to people who are not as powerful as he is and they're not as good as he is. Give your fear, your awe to the one who is all powerful and good and gracious at the same time. Replace your fear of that with a greater fear for him. Jesus is teaching the same thing. There is a a story that C.S. Lewis wrote, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in that incredible story, the children are gonna go see Aslan, who is the Christ figure in Lewis's work for the first time. And Susan asked Mr. Beaver if the lion is safe. I mean, she's gonna go see the lion, the Christ figure, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, oh no, no, he's not. He's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good, but he's good. Jesus is not our house cat that we tame. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the everlasting king, yet at the same time, he is good. The wisdom writer, Proverbs, Moses, we read that in the book of Exodus, and Jesus all are saying the same thing. Fight your unhealthy fear with a healthy fear. Fight 
fear with fear. Fight fear of mankind with fear of the God of the universe who's also good to you. Fight fear with fear. Augustine, the early church father, he said this, let us then fear that we may not fear. Augustine was saying, hey, you wrestle with a big problem of fear. The way for you not to fear is to actually fear. Do you understand? The way to overcome unhealthy fear in your life is to replace that unhealthy fear with a healthy fear for the God who is over everything and is good and gracious to you at the same time. You fight unhealthy fear with healthy fear for God. See, in the Old Testament, when God's people had the army of Egypt chasing them against the Red Sea, Moses said, guys, don't fear them, fear God. He's the one who can rescue you. You can't deliver yourself from this moment, but our God who is both powerful and good can rescue you. And in that moment, God rescued his people. They didn't do a thing. All they did was watch, but the waters of the Red Sea did not touch them. For you and for me, Jesus, the everlasting King, he is both powerful and good. He entered our world and he fought for us, our sin and our shame. We did nothing to forgive ourselves, to rescue ourselves. But just as the waters did not touch the people of God in the Old Testament, our sin and shame no longer touches us because it has been placed on Jesus who fought for us. He fought for us. And so we can replace our unhealthy fear with things in this world for a healthy fear for the God of the universe who is powerful and good at the same time. Be quiet, be still, Moses says. Jesus says, hey, I do all of the work for you on the cross. You just receive my forgiveness and my grace. So fight fear with fear. Fight your fear of failure with fear for the one who gives you his perfect record. Fight fear of failure with fear for the one, Jesus, who lived perfectly on your behalf and gives you his perfect record of righteousness so you are not a failure and you will not ultimately fail because you are fully accepted and approved by God who had, looks at you as if you were perfect because Jesus fought on your behalf and gave you his perfect record. So replace, fight fear of failure with fear for the one who gives you his perfect record. Fight fear of not being enough with fear for the one who's always enough for you. See, as you read the scripture, here's what you see. You see a constant reminder that you are not enough and a constant reminder, a gracious reminder that he is. See, the Bible stings when you first understand the message of the Bible. It stings a bit. It stings because the Bible teaches you over and over again, you are not enough. You will not be enough to earn the forgiveness of God. 
You will not be enough to qualify yourself before him. And man, when you read the scripture, it can sting a bit, but then it is so good and so glorious because Jesus is enough for you. You are not asked to be enough, commanded to be enough. There's not pep talks in the scripture instructing you on how you can be enough for God or how you can be enough for this world. No, it's a beautiful and glorious reminder that Jesus is enough for you. And if you will believe in him, if you will place your trust in him, if you will replace your fear for lesser things with fear and all for the greatest one there is, Jesus the Christ, if you will, then he is enough for you. His sacrifice on the cross, sufficient to take all of your sin and all of your shame. His blessings on your life, sufficient for you to be filled with the good things of God. You don't live with the pressure of trying to be enough. Don't fear not being enough because Jesus is enough for you. So fight fear of not being enough with fear for the one who is enough. Fight fear of being rejected with fear for the one who was rejected in your place. Fight fear of being betrayed and rejected with fear for the one who approves you, who receives you, who welcomes you into his kingdom and to his family. You are never rejected by him because he was rejected in your place on the cross as all of your sin was placed upon him. So you now are never rejected by him. So fight fear of rejection with fear and awe for the one who is rejected for you. Fight fear of not providing with fear for the one who always provides, always provides for his people. He provided for you everything you need on the cross in terms of your forgiveness and your righteousness that he has given to you. He provided all and he still provides for his people. Laying in bed next to Kay, three months into marriage, thinking, oh my, how am I gonna provide for us? How am I gonna take care of my new wife? I'm so grateful that I, had just been studying the book of Philippians at that time in my early 20s. Kay is sound asleep and I am wrestling. I am wrestling with fear. And the verse in Philippians chapter four came to my mind. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I just reflected on that verse. My God will supply all of my needs according not to my goodness, not to my obedience, not even to my faith, but God will supply all of my needs in accordance with his riches and glory. The way for me to fight fear of not providing was to increase my fear for the one who always provides for me and always provides for his sons and his daughters. You fight fear with fear. You fight fear of lesser things with fear of the greater. And as your fear of God increases, your fear of those lesser things, it decreases. So you fight fear with fear. Fear of God replaces fear of humanity, fear of the lesser. Fight fear with fear. For some, you have not yet entered into a relationship with God 
Maybe this is the first time that you're understanding, wow, this God of the universe is powerful, but he's also really good. And this God wants to know you. He's not asking you, he's not giving you a pep talk of things you must do to have a relationship with him. No, this God did everything to start a relationship with you. The God of the universe sent Jesus, his son to this world to fight on your behalf by placing himself on the cross that if you will believe in him, all of your sin and shame is placed on Jesus. And instead you get all of his mercy and all of his forgiveness. If you will believe in him. See, the message of the Bible is not behave your way into a relationship with God. Climb your way into a relationship with God. The message is not behave. The message is belief. Believe in him. And when you believe in him, your sin is forgiven. Your shame is removed. You are forever his son, his daughter. See, fear of God is the beginning of life. The Proverbs writes, it's the fountain of life. And the way for you to fear God is to have a relationship with him. And the only way you have a relationship with God is through Jesus, by believing in Jesus. Are you ready to believe in Jesus? To place your faith and trust in the one who fought for you on the cross. Are you ready to place your trust in him and become his forever son, his forever daughter. If you are ready to believe in Jesus, pray something like this right where you are right now. Jesus, I am so thankful that you came to this earth to fight for me, to fight the battle that I could not fight, to remove my sin by dying for me on the cross. I need your forgiveness, Jesus. Will you take my sin and my shame from me? I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. I fear you. I place my all for you. I want to be your son, your daughter. In your name I pray, amen. See, the moment you fear him is the beginning of life. The moment you're like, wow, he's amazing, he's powerful, he's holy, he's righteous. I couldn't get to him. He came here to me. He's good and he's loving. I want him to get my all, my fear, not anything else. That's the moment that life begins for you. So today, if you prayed and you asked Jesus to forgive you, we wanna celebrate with you. We wanna send you a gift. And so you simply text BELIEVE to the number on the screen. We're gonna keep it up during this time of worship. You text BELIEVE to the number on the screen. We wanna celebrate with you that your fear has now been placed to God, the God who loves you and who forgives you. All right, extend your hands please and let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you were gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariners Weekend Message Podcast. 
To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.